welcome back to another episode of the Fired Up Podcast. Uh, we're back with our movies edition. I shouldn't say movies. It's the Oscars pod. Our annual Oscars pod, because now this is the sec- is third one we've done. Gosh, I should have gone back and looked at that. But it's Oscars week. Uh, I think a week that I usually get excited for. Uh, this year, I've noticed I've seen way more movies in the lead up to the Oscars, probably because of coronavirus. Obviously, Eric, spending time with you during the first part of quarantine, we watched our fair share of movies last year. Uh, so I feel like the last 12 months or so, at least for myself, oh my God, how many movies have we seen? 50? 75 maybe? At least? But I feel like myself anyway for the last year. So, gentlemen, welcome back to the Oscars pod. How's everybody feeling? Happy with your movie watching so far this year? Yeah, I think, um, like you said, this is probably the most prepared I feel like for this pod. I don't even know if I was part of the other ones, and that's probably because I just didn't have time to watch movies. Never really a big movie guy until recently, actually. Kind of embarrassing. You know, a lot of big name movies, new or old, never really got a chance to see them. But, you know, you guys are super into it, and it's become a thing now that we just try and watch all the nominations before the actual show. Now I understand why you watch the show. Yeah, and it's nice that you got into it for this year, as all the movies are pretty trash. Not (laughs) ultimate trash, but like, you know, the movies were subpar for this year. Uh, I would have to agree with that. They're not, I mean, it wasn't, there are some good ones I think that we'll find, and I think that a couple of that I haven't seen uh, are going to show up as being some of the better ones, but I I think overall, I mean, I think you're kind of right, JD. Um, But I think that you're not going to be making movies during COVID as much. Yes. And a lot yes. of the good movies that were made were either pushed back, put on hold, um, until some of them, like Tenet or something, were like, all right, finally, we just got to release these. That's a really good point, because that's something I hadn't really thought about, is that they usually spend the entire year leading up to releasing Oscar movies in more like December, January, February, right? And last year, that's exactly yeah. when everything would have shut down is when they would have been preparing for it. So we probably got a lot of movies, like you said, pushed into next year. I will hope that means that next year they're through the roof. That would be kind of cool. Um, but that is something I didn't think about as well. But we're here. Um, there are still some good ones. Uh, and I think, it, Eric, too, it just I think you realized how much easier it is to watch movies and stream them. Like, yeah, Netflix has been around for a while. But even if you wanted to be into movies 10 years ago, like... JD's only seen all these movies because he used to go so much, you know, when he had movie pass and actually go to the theaters. I think now when you have, you know, you're off, you know, cable TV, so you've got Hulu and Netflix and Amazon Prime, you're going to be able to watch any movie you want from any year pretty much at any time, you know, so the accessibility too, I think makes it easier. And then getting, I think you, 100%. And, getting yeah. you and Lauren on Letterboxd, I think. We know how Lauren is with her lists. She loves checking them off, having them, you know, being able to log them in her diary, seeing how many she's watched. Like, I know she does it with Goodreads in her books, and so getting the movies was a, you know, it's that sense of accomplishment as you finish your tasks and all that kind of stuff. You watch this list of movies, you can keep track of all that stuff. So I think both those things in conjunction, along with the quarantine, it was like the perfect storm. Like, of course, we're going to get into movies. Let's just hope it kind of lasts, and it just means, like, everybody continues to watch movies as the good ones actually make it to the screen. Letterboxd, I think you hit it on the head because it almost becomes a game. And like, as we started following you guys, you know, we'd be like, oh, shit, Justin just watched a movie last night. And it's like, oh, that means it's released, for example. Right. And so then it became like a huge thing. And then Lauren would always watch, like, okay, what's trending nowadays? And it's like, why is like Casablanca like, you know, trending? And it's like, oh, because Mank is out. 
right? The, those are the two ones that are related. Uh, Citizen Kane. Nope. Citizen Kane. My bad. Citizen Kane. <laughs> I couldn't even Ro- get it right. Rose, well, bad. That's a preview. That's a preview for what I think about Mick. But um, <laughs> it, it's like it's one of those things where it's like, oh, why is that going on? And yeah, I totally opened it up. And I think it's just like, look, we have so much time. You know, whether it's you just don't have to commute anymore or you got nothing else to do anyways. Like now your Saturday, Sundays, literally like, look, there's that point where there was no sports on. Dude, yeah. that was like all we could do was watch movies. Yeah. Because you don't even have TV. Like you can't even watch New Jeopardy. There's just nothing. And so it's like, okay, well, we might as well just start watching some movies. And that's here we are. It's the golden age for making content, that's for sure. Absolutely. Just Netflix just has a thirty billion dollars to just buy new content every year. It's unbelievable. And now they're just stocking up their award cabinet, and that's what they're gonna lean on here shortly. It's gonna be nuts. Uh, I mean, my octopus teacher is Netflix. I didn't realize that when I was looking up movies to watch today. I was like, oh, I'll watch the, the documentary favorite. It's like, oh, fuck, it's Netflix. They know what they're doing. Uh, but it is the golden age. It's going to be It's gonna be good. Um, and so let's uh, – oh, I guess one thing I wanted to ask on my list here. What do you guys think the movie experience will be like? Or when will you feel like for yourself it has gotten back to normal? By the next pod, all three of us will have double shots. JD's already got his. Mine's tomorrow. Eric's is in a week or so. So, you know, we'll all be, you know, in two, three weeks, we'll all be two months out from the second one. Do you anticipate that within sometime this summer, you'll be going to movies just like you were before? That's a good question. Because I'm, as far as a comfort level, I think I'm fine right now to where I would be comfortable going into a theater. I'm guessing you would still wear masks 100%. Um, which actually would be a little uncomfortable, I guess, at this point. If yeah, if you're forced to wear a mask, would that make a difference? Yeah, man. No just popcorn. Stay, just stay home. No snacks. Yeah, you can't. You gotta. Like, you gotta be snacking. You gotta be you snacking. Have to be snacking. No, and yeah, drinking. So no, no masks. So I when think... the question is, when will it be that you can be at an indoor movie theater with no mask in San Francisco, for example? Because I would say, I don't know, six months. I was gonna say, yeah, six months. And that's on like the yeah. early side. I think that yeah. it also depends on like what kind of movie you might be seeing. If you can get into a movie on like a Monday or to one of those theaters, like I'm thinking, I think Alamo Draft House is like what I'm thinking about, where they kind of spread them out and you're not sitting next to each other. Like the days of going, not that I've done this recently, but going to a midnight showing or like a premiere movie where it's like, oh, this movie theater is going to be packed. It's like, eh, I don't really want that. But like if you're giving me assigned seats and I know that nobody's going to sit like two seats next to me because they're blocked off. Like I, I think I absolutely feel more comfortable with something like that. Even though well, I got bad I, news for you, brother. They're not doing that. Alamo <laughs> Draft House is bankrupt. It's kaput. Oh, right? are yeah. they done? Yeah. Whoops. Oopsie daisy. Shocking. Which makes are you sense. sure? Yeah, I mean, like it's a yeah, it's a luxury experience that yeah only so many people would go to anyways, and yeah, yeah you can't go at there. all. They screwed by the pandemic for sure. All right. I mean, well, the we'll only. See. The only thing that saved saved AMC was a bunch of dorks on Reddit. (laughs) (laughs) This is true. That is true. Bankrupt too. If AMC comes out of this, there's going to be some thirty for thirty on that shit or an HBO doc because they were they were dead in the water. They were they're still dead in the water probably. I don't know what they can do. Can you imagine? I don't know what they can do for the movie going experience. Like those those earnings calls are just they've got to be hilarious, right? Because it's just like. Wow, you know, everyone's getting a little grim. 
not that many people were reading it. They don't really have to do press releases anymore because they're like, oh, dude, AMC sucks. Then all of a sudden, they just have this like awesome, profitable quarter. And it's just like, yeah, we don't know why this is happening at all, but here we are. That That's just exactly how that went with GameStop. They're just I... like, it is completely inflated. There's no reason to have this. It's funny because it's not anything you could plan for either. Like maybe on some situations, like you're hoping that there's going to be a little uptick so you get some momentum and something good happens and people kind of know it's happening. But like you said, everybody was just walking to the executioner like this is over. Like it's just a slow death. And then all of a sudden it's like, we're alive. It's like the fucking Jonah Hill uh, getting stabbed with whatever fucking movie that is now. Ah, You know the gif. All right. Let's get into the Oscars. So the way this is going to work, if you're looking at a ballot, because I printed one out because somebody's got to save Office Depot, I'm going in the upper left. We're starting with the best picture. We're going to give our thoughts on the category. We're going to talk about a little sports betting. And we haven't seen all the movies, so we'll try to be clear about who's seen what, and we'll give our thoughts on it. And uh, we'll kind of just go through the entire list, but we'll start with the good ones, and we'll start with best picture. Like JD may have said, or did say, maybe not the most exciting crop of uh, Best Picture winners, but I think we all, we've all we all seen six out of seven. The heavy favorite is Nomadland, and I'm not even sure where we want to start with this. Is, I didn't see Minari, and I think Eric is the only one of the three of us that has seen it. So I'd actually like your Shocking. opinion. Real, <laughs> what, we're Shocking. Both we're both think Asian, but neither of us are Korean. Uh can I'm you tell me a little sheep. bit about Minari? Is it? I know, and we saw the father first instead of paying for Minari. I don't know why, but it was good. It was good. Can you tell me Minari? Like, is it a? Where does it fall in the list of best pictures? Like this list here, is it going to lose to Nomadland? But it might be second. Is it better than the father? Okay, um, I think that Minari is a good story. I don't necessarily know if it's a good movie. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So. From from beginning to end, like it it like especially the end for me, it was kind of abrupt, and I don't necessarily know if I was like super satisfied with it. But man, the journey through it, I was pretty attached the entire time, and I think that the characters, the fact that they had so many characters, and the fact that they all played a pretty critical role and they did a pretty good job, that's what I think is is putting it in this category. Um, the plot itself is just about an immigrant family coming to America. Um, and they're pretty real about it. And I think there's pretty good emotions for it. If the grandma was not in this movie, I don't think it would have been nominated. I really think that, um, she put on actress, right? Yes. What's her name? Um, I have it written here. Sorry. Uh, Oh, you Yoon. Yoon. I think, um, I think she made it. Um, even Steve, Steven Yeun is pretty good too, but I thought she, the, the grandma really made it because just feel like you could relate whether or not you're an immigrant family. Like I just feel like you could relate where it's change is happening and people sometimes embrace change. Some people, sometimes people don't embrace change, whatever, whatever. Um, but yeah, I, 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 I enjoyed it, but I think it's just more of a good story. I don't necessarily think it's the best movie on this list. It was pretty funny that at the Golden Globes, it was nominated for foreign movie. Do we know why that was and why it's not? Like, I wonder whether they would rather it be nominated for an Oscar as best foreign movie 
versus just another fish in the sea for best picture because they'd have a better chance to win the oscar if it was foreign language do they get a say in that or is that just the the academy i have no idea i I don't know how it would be foreign language for one like it's in well so the thing korean right in the, the oscars is not foreign language film the oscars is international feature film so I don't know if that makes a difference because that's the way it look. It's tar- it's labeled on their bl- bracket. So if it's like a U.S. produced movie made it just in a Korean, then I wonder if they don't put that in Best Picture because that would. But that would be weird because I think, like you said, the Golden Globe and I think the BAFTA, like in the bat on the BAFTA, <laughs> the category is film not in English. So I wonder if that's like how they get around it. But I think it'd be a lock, like you said, JD, for foreign film for sure, right? Although it didn't win the BAFTA, another round did. Really interesting. Yeah. So well, I'll probably try. I'll I'll try to watch it this week. Yeah, I I, I want to watch it before before the Oscars. I think you guys will like it. Well, I think you guys will like let it. Me rent it for five ninety nine Amazon. Okay, that's another $20. issue. Twenty dollars. But that's know, the problem dude, with the, mo- the movie theaters, is... right? Like they need to get their revenue somehow. Like otherwise, this movie's going to make what two million dollars? Yeah. I just hate that you have to buy things like multiple times. So for example, oh, it's not on here, but like Disney Plus, you already pay for Disney Plus and then you got to watch a movie, like a brand new movie, and you got to pay another $20. That kind of pisses me off. Uh, they should let I, us split it. I agree when it's 20 bucks. Like when it's 20 bucks, that's me buying the movie, right? Like if I buy a 20 bucks, now if I rent a movie for three bucks, like I rent, like uh, there's a bunch on here. I think I rented Promising Young Woman maybe for four bucks. It's like if I rent a movie for four bucks, okay, like I rented it. I'll see it once. If I rent it again, you know, I'd have to rent it five times to spend twenty bucks. So I think I think you're right. Like if I pay twenty bucks, let me watch it multiple times, or let me own it for like ninety days, or let me rent it out to somebody else. But if it's just like four bucks, sure, I'll watch it within my forty eight hour window, and then I'll be done. I agree. I agree with you, Eric. Well, I'm sure there's some actuarial nerds who figured out like price points for this. Oh, but of course. course. But it, but it reminds me of like, uh, like a boxing fight where they're seventy nine ninety nine now, and it's just like, okay, do you have a better chance getting two households to rent it at forty dollars versus one at seventy nine? And it's like, man, I would, I would buy Minari for eight bucks. I'd pay ten. I mean, I'm gonna pay twenty. So <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I think they did a good job. They got you, dude. They got you. <laughs> All right. So JD made a good point earlier. So I wanted to take a look at uh, <laughs> the differences between the two, but the 2020 Oscar noms and the 2021 Oscar noms. And so what we have uh, last year for Best Picture. Ooh, let me scroll down to it. Like, listen to these movies. The winner was Parasite. I mean, still probably my favorite movie the last couple of years. Uh, Ford vs. Ferrari, The Irishman, Jojo Rabbit, Joker, Little Women, Marriage Story, 1917, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I mean, those are pretty good movies. Wow. I, mean, what was, I would say there are four what? movies in there that I would put over any Ooh. movie for Best Picture this year, over Nomadland, which is probably the favorite which are your four, JD? Oh, no, because I think let's guess. I think Mikey guess. Oh, yes, I think Parasite was maybe my favorite movie of the last five years. Jojo Rabbit's uh, gonna be one of them. Jojo Rabbit was great. Oh, I love it. Time in Hollywood was great. Yeah. Uh, Nineteen Seventeen was good, not great. 
Yeah, but like, no, see, Nomad, Nomad 19, nineteen seventeen. You had to see in theaters, though. You yes, know? and I did. Because well, that so, was same with Ford versus Ferrari. I feel like, like yeah, I feel like you saw that point. movie in theater. It'd be way better because I watched it on an airplane. Yeah, it put me to sleep at home. Yeah, <laughs> oh, vroom, 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 vroom. Uh, I, I liked Little Women too. I'm not. I'm not sure. Little Women was good. Yeah, and. If you look at this list, you see The Father, Judas and the Black Messiah, Mank, Minari, Nomadland, Promising Young Woman, Sound of Metal, Trial of Chicago 7. To me, honestly, The Father, and Judas and the Black Messiah, maybe Minari when I see it, and like maybe the third to me being like Sound of Metal, like those really, those three maybe can, I don't know, tangle with the top of the 2020 Best Picture. But like those are the only two or three that I feel like really strong about getting nominated in like other years. You you guys don't like the trial of Chicago Seven, huh? You guys have always been talking shit about it. That no. was trash. I'm not. <laughs> wow. I'm, I'm not sore. I don't give a shit about him. I liked. Uh, I mean, I think you said one thing when I told you about. I was like, oh, I saw that, Justin. You're just like, oh, he takes like three hours to tell you the story or something like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, he kind of elongates it. And I guess I didn't really notice that until after I watched it and you said it, and it is excessively long for like oh, no yeah. reason. I, I liked it though. I, maybe it's because out of all of those, it had the best story. No, Judas and the Black Messiah no. is a pretty good freaking story. Both of those had great stories. My problem with Trial of the Chicago Seven, too. Aaron Sorkin, he's whatever. He smells his own farts. He's a little. That's kind of my whatever. problem with it. And my problem is his dialogue is just the way he is so roundabout and. He thinks he's so witty so that his characters have to become witty. And so then you have this witty banter off. And it's like, this isn't about that, man. This is The Trial of the Chicago 7 was like a big historical event where this judge was just a huge, like, just a huge asshole. I mean, just doing things he couldn't do. And all Sorkin's doing is just getting himself off on witty banter. And I just, I hate it. I can't, he, I can't stand he it. Directed, he directed it too, huh? I did not know that. I, I I'm actually not sure. We oh. could check on that, but yeah, yeah, I we'll think he directed that. it too. And it's like, man, you're not really a director. So, like, I thought that story, when placed in the hands of a good director, would have made for a very good movie. But with Sorkin, it was just kind of like, nah. And Judas and the Black Messiah, like all these all these movies had like little issues. Um, I would say probably The Father was my favorite movie this year. It was so man. good. What did I tell you guys? You were I right. told you. I was like, yo, you guys got to watch this. This movie was so different than what I was expecting. Even reading just like the little title on Amazon Prime about what it was about. It blew my mind. Like what, within the first 10 minutes? It kind of reminds me of the first time I watched like Memento where I immediately realized like, dude, I'm in an experience. Something's right going now. on here. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I don't know what it is yet, but it's not like just a regular okay sit and watch the movie and you gotta pay attention because something's happening and if you don't figure it out you're gonna get real lost yeah steph and i were watching and it hit a point where you know we're at home so it's easier we can do this we paused and we're like do we want to talk about this right now or should we just keep watching and we're like no let's just keep watching like obviously it is what it is like we're not maybe fully understanding it but that's when you just got to trust the director to like you know Oh, they did such work a good it job. out and explain it to you. Yeah, it was great, and the performances Wait. were fantastic. Oh my oh god, my it's great! God. You the know first what's funny, time... JD? Oh, sorry. Yeah, you know, go ahead. Just sorry, real quick, JD. You know what's funny is I felt that same way with Tenet, except I never recovered. 
it's like it's like oh like okay cool like maybe i don't really understand but i think it'll come around and it just never never happened it never (laughs) happened it was so terrible (laughs) three articles in the middle of tenet and still just couldn't make sense of it uh do i need to watch that tenet yeah i I didn't i think i think if you go into it i think you should um I think it's a classic Christopher Nolan movie, not to say like classic in a way of like, obviously it's him and there are elements of his movies that I think I really, I'm starting to like, like the soundtrack, um, like the way that he films. I I don't know if that sort of makes sense, you know, but you can kind of tell it's his movie. It's just, it's sometimes man, like this was just way above, I think like any normal viewers comprehension level. Like Inception, you can at least like craft that story, and I think everyone sort of got it. And then you end with the question, and everyone's like, "Oh shit!" And you're talking about it. This is like you don't know where to start because you just don't understand what you just watched. It's to the point where Christopher Nolan's had so much success and made so many good movies that there was no one to be like, "Hey, Chris, this is a bit much, man." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so maybe chill out. Okay, interesting. Eh, it's it's on the list, but we'll see if I ever end up getting to it. There's and so it, many you know, movies it, to watch. It's probably one that would be more fun in the theater, like big screen. I, yes. I watched it at home. Um, I had to put subtitles on, and I heard that was like common with people. Where yeah, it was like low volume. They couldn't they couldn't understand what people were saying through a lot of it, and that's how we were. And also, the subtitle subtitles helped you kind of try to follow the plot by like reading it but that takes you out of like the fun of the movie as well so two thumbs sounds like a disaster that's uh, down we, we've got a hot bed alert hot bed alert because we were talking about it the father best adapted screenplay plus 275 on Bovada right now that is really? juice that i could drink it won, oh my it, gosh. it won it won the bafta over Nomadland for adapt for adapted screenplay, and I think it also won the Globe. But let me pull up the website I have that has those winners real fast. But yeah, that's one I could party on. That seems like uh, if, if Nomadland's going to win Best Picture, and they're, it feels they're like all about to, Sir Anthony Hopkins. That is true. There is that, and but that is why he won the Best Actor. I think too. I could see Best Adapted actually translating over to America. I don't know if best actor could because of Chadwick. That's it's hard to overcome, you know. Here, yeah. but but oh, huh. Aaron Sorkin won best screenplay at the Globes. God, trash. Best right. adapted Nomadland. See, I don't think that that's particularly impressive. What she did with Nomadland. I don't know if it was Chloe who wrote it, but no, it's a book. Um, it's a, it, was an, it was a lot of monologues. It was an article by a New York Times reporter who turned it into a book. And then Chloe adapted it. Whoa. That's crazy. Yeah, it's a lot of... Hey, it, I think that's a bet. That's a bet. Yeah. I, no, I think that's... The Father was well-written. Like It was a play, which became a movie, which has a little bit more of a great structure to it. The writing was phenomenal. It came full circle. Like I'm, I'm in on that one. All right, we're going to get to that. But I think that's a, that's, that's a hot pod bet right there. QJ, bet it. Bovada, Sportsbook doesn't have it yet. Okay, let's go to directing while we're there. I saw three of these. I saw Mank, yeah. Nomadland, Promising Young Woman. I don't even really know if we need to talk about this one too much because this one seems like a lock for Chloe. 
Nomadland's minus 600, and she's minus 3,000. Jeez. I don't really have much else to say in this one. I think what I would say here is I haven't seen Minari, but it seemed like a pretty straightforward tale. Another round, no. Mank was boring to me, and then Promising Young Woman was a very entertaining movie, like an interesting script, but Nomadland, I don't know, it was well-directed. Well she, she told it in an interesting way. I always sometimes let cinematography cinematography try and like bleed in to directing a little bit yes because the cinematography was great on that um well especially like again, what's the, can you can you explain the difference like what am i what am i looking at when i look at those two categories i mean cinematography is just the way the film is shot uh it's just okay camera. it's camera okay. work yeah i, Got I guess it. directing Got it. is kind of like the way you piece a movie together so it's I don't know. Would you say, Hova, that it's kind of like just taking all accounts of like editing, sound editing, cinematography, like just and, making a good movie? And acting. Like I think the director has – yeah, I think you're absolutely right. It has yeah. the, the direct yeah. hand. Like, it's the directing, huh? It has a hand in all of those parts. But I think a lot of times in – especially these movies that are really good, a lot of times, like you're saying, Eric, they're actually – they are correlated. Like if you're going to have a good mm -hmm. movie, the director and the cinematographer are going to have to work together, especially in a movie like Nomadland that's not really script-based, which is another reason I think that it may not win adaptive screenplay, is it's really more about Frances and her acting and how she goes through the entire movie. And so when I think about directing in this movie – to me, it's about the performance she got out of Francis and the performance mm. she got out of the cinematographer. Whereas a movie and the performance she got out of all those random non-actors. Totally, totally. Whereas I think the directing for Promising Young Woman, I don't know that there's as much good acting there. And I don't know if there's as much good cinematography, but maybe the directing came more in the editing and like the music aspect of it because those aspects are a little bit better. But they're not the same directing skills, right? Because Nomadland's telling a much got a different message. It's much more broad, and that movie doesn't have a lot of dialogue. So, which is why the cinematography, I think, you think they're a little bit more correlated for those two, and that makes sense. And actually, uh, the cinematographer and Chloe are, I think, they're dating or they might be husband and wife. I think when you look at like all the big directors, they work with the same cinematographers all the time. It's like the biggest right. part of their directing that's big. But yeah, directors have to be in the editing room and stuff like that. But I think the cinematographer, because it's you're directing them and this is what's going to come. It comes through the camera into what we see, right? So that's a pretty big, making sure getting they get it on camera is a, a yeah. pretty big part of it. Casting? Casting might be part of that too. Uh, did you know the BAFTAs and have a casting category? And I think that's awesome. Well, I would say Aaron Sorkin didn't win that. Eddie Eddie Redmayne, that might have been the worst cast oh, of yeah. any, any movie this year. It was like him trying to do, what was the guy's name? Yeah, it doesn't matter. Eddie Redmayne. Bad, I, bad choice. Not a huge Eddie Redmayne fan anyway. He'll play Stephen Hawking. Yeah, he did. All right, Eric, you're toying around with that volume over there. What do you got going on? Oh, yeah, no, no, no. I just, yeah. Like a plane. All right. <laughs> yeah, it sounded like a plane was landing real fast. Yeah, so best director, I, I don't see an upset here. I agree. All right, actress in a leading role. This one is actually up for a little bit of debate. Viola, Andre Day, Vanessa Kirby, Frances McDormand, Carrie Mulligan. I have seen all of these. Carrie Mulligan is plus 110 to win best actress. I just, I feel like this is, I feel like Viola is going to get it. 
If you've seen them all, you got to give us the winner. Oh, that's yeah, I like that. The only one I have not seen is Andre Day, the United States versus Billy Holiday. But none of us have seen. So you them. have not. So you have not seen them all. No, I've seen four out of five. <laughs> uh, and I actually liked Vanessa Kirby in Pieces of a Woman. Like I thought she was better than Carrie Mulligan. I, I didn't know. I didn't think that. How do I put this nicely? I could see other actresses doing Carrie Mulligan's role. Does that make sense? Like I feel like maybe. Yes. It, I could see that. It did. She was need, still good, but there wasn't a I lot agree. of nuance and subtlety to it. Is what I felt. Yes, I, I don't think she. I like Frances McDormand, and I, I know think, I've only I've only seen two of these movies, but I thought she was great. I yeah. almost feel like there she could only she's the only one that could do it too. A tougher role. Yeah, yeah. That was the perfect. That was the perfect role for her. I would say Frances or Viola. Honestly, I think Frances at plus three fifty. That value is just good right there. If we're going for value, that's the bet. Maybe because, just go, hey, a little taste of Viola, a little taste of Francis, and just fade Carrie. Fade Carrie. Let's see what I wrote down. Is Carrie the favorite? Yeah. Yeah. So when wow. Fra- when see, is that, is that just – I wonder if it's only that's because it's good for her or it was good for the movie. Because maybe it's awesome for Carrie Mo- – but I agree. I feel like – not that you could just put anyone in there, but it wouldn't – yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I would have missed anything if it wasn't her. Yeah. I'm trying to think of a scene from Promising Young Woman that really stuck out to me as like, wow, she really just knocked that scene out of the park. I would I'm only thinking of the end. To me it's the one with <laughs> to me it's the one with Connie Britton. Like that's the only one I really think about. But really how much is that acted and how much of it is it because of the scene of her like fucking these people over? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um when Francis won the BAFTA, it was just over Vanessa. And then Viola won the SAG over Vanessa Carey and Francis. So it's wide open. I think juice wise. I say we go Francis. Viola. Viola? We are not in conjunction. We are not aligned. (laughs) I'm surprised, Justin, because you saw Pieces of a Woman, and I don't, I haven't seen it, but I've heard of it. And it sounds like a performance with that subject matter should get you pretty up there, but it sounds like it's not. To me, I actually, I was, when I saw that movie, you're right, I was very about Vanessa Kirby. I mean, obviously she's a babe too, but I felt like Pieces of a Woman was the Oscar vehicle for her. But I And I thought that she would get much better recognition than being the 20 to 1, like, long shot. You know, I think the movie was, I mean, it's about a woman that has a miscarriage and, like, all the stuff that happens in her family uh, and so you think, and you think Oscar, and you think it's not nominated for anything else. Like, we've seen these movies before. Like, they're just out there to get, you know, an Oscar nom and maybe a win. And that's what it felt like for Vanessa Kirby. I've never seen The United States vs. Billy Holiday, but I can't imagine she did better than Vanessa Kirby. I thought there was more nuance to Vanessa Kirby's than I, than Francis or Viola or Carrie, but I don't. I and maybe twenty to one, you put a little. Maybe I'll throw five bucks on it just for a hey, little bit. Fun. Sprinkle it. A little sprinkle. sprinkle. A little sprinkle. Especially because everybody's like it, nobody's consistently won any of the awards. I. I the wide open. It's. I think it is, uh, and that's why I think you got to go long shot there. So maybe we'll do a little Viola Vanessa Kirby because with Nomadland, the thing I do think about is Francis won her Oscar, right? She won it two years ago or three years ago. Yeah. Nomadland's going to win Best Picture. He's probably going to win Best Director. Um, yeah. The only thing I could think of is, and I feel like the Academy does this, and I don't know if it's true, but like if Viola gets it, 
then Chadwick can't get it. But if Chadwick gets it, will Viola also get it? And it's like I don't think they do that. Where they 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 usually tend to split those up. Um, and so I, I could easily see it being like Chadwick and oh, Vanessa. Kirby. Are we sure that Nomadland is going to win Best Picture? Oh, what do you think? I yeah, I'm looking. I at think it, it will. Just like, I think it will. Dude, the second favorite is Trial of the Chicago Seven. Obviously, we've gone through that. <laughs> Minari, maybe. I don't know. Judas and the Black Messiah had some problems. The Father, 80 to 1. but I can't believe it's 80 to 1. I mean, it's just... You're watching it and you're like, I'm kind of watching a play. Like It would make a very good play. Yeah. It, make, it makes sense that it came so, from a play, right? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. But th- see, this is where I think they the Father gets their win in Best Adapted Screenplay, right? Throw him a bone? Yeah. I could see that. I could see that. Trial of the Chicago Seven wins. I'm not gonna bet on it. Like I won't bet on Nomadland at minus six hundred, but that'd be. Uh, I think we'd look back on it in five years and be like, "Oh man, that was terrible." That was what like, a disaster! What was, what was yeah. the bad movie about uh, race that everyone clowns on? Green Book. Oh no, 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 dude. Um, Green Book too. Oh my god. Crash. 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 Oh I, although every time I think of that movie, I just think of the Thursday song. Understanding. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, that is not how the song goes. I know. And I was just trying to, <laughs> you know, that album just turned 20 and I was just thinking about how I hadn't uh, heard it in five years. Uh, I just, understand. anyway, so this will help me for my best actress. Let's skip around here. We're just all over the place. Best actor. Hold on. Is, is pieces of a woman worth a watch? I think it is. Do I have to pay for it? No, it's been out. No, for it's a on year. Netflix, I think, right? It's been out yeah, for a so. year. Yeah. Oh, so so yes, you do need to pay for uh, it. But... The first, oh my god, the first scene, the oh, I shouldn't even say anything. That's what. That's how Lauren I shouldn't even it say. To me. I shouldn't even say. Oh, anything. That, that's how. That's how she introed it to me. She goes, so there's oh. this new movie, oh. and it's trending. Did you watch and it? She goes, no. Oh, but but it's not because of this. But it was because even Lauren was like, I don't think I'm emotionally ready to just like watch that it yeah. was as a as a man uh you know we'll never know <laughs> what they go through um but holy shit so jd mo- it's mostly about a woman that goes through a miscarriage but the bigger part because you, it, that happens fairly early on but it's also about like what happens because without giving away too much she like tries to go through a home birth and it like obviously something happens and so then there's like a big trial with like the nurses too so like there's like lawsuits and shit so like it's her whole life basically like personal professional just starts they just go into all that kind of stuff and so it's like the miscarriage and like the trial and stuff but it is the first 20 minutes where they're tracking her being pregnant and the birth starting to happen and like all this stuff is it was one of the most it was stunning just them doing it it was crazy uh, so, would, yeah, I'll let I'll let that, that tuck me in tonight. Yeah, that, you're gonna be like, what the fuck? <laughs> just well, just just watch it on your phone and lay in bed and and but then I, of, yeah, that's I don't want to say too much, but like just oh, just watch it, just watch it, just watch it, and I think you'll feel okay. the appreciation because <laughs> I sure did. Um, so I thought, and that's why I thought it was a movie built. It was a vehicle for her. The whole movie's about her. Oh, and Shia is her husband. Oh, Shia. love me some Shia. Shia, well, well. Yeah, you, maybe you won't after. Let's talk about it after. Uh, all right, okay. so let's go to best actor. Uh, 
Well, because I want to talk about that movie, but you haven't seen it, so I'm not going to spoil it. All right, best actor. Is Chadwick going to win or is Anthony Hopkins going to win? Because I think this category will help me bet on best actress. Because if we think Chadwick's going to win, I don't think Viola can win, so I'll bet Francis and Vanessa Kirby and be done with it. Do we think Anthony Hopkins has a chance or did he only win the BAFTA because it's British and he's Sir Anthony? Well, you're the only one who's watched Ma Rainey's Black Yeah, Bottom. I haven't seen it. What a stupid title, by the way. It's not great. Well, it's her name. I mean, she's real. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. Call it something else. I mean, no, no, that is fair. You know, to me, to be honest, I thought Chadwick was better in *The Five Bloods*, and I didn't really even care for *The Five Bloods*. But I thought Man, he was. Man, *The Five Bloods* was, is trash. No, I agree, so but trash. but I thought he was better in it. Uh, yeah, he, I mean, he was pretty good in it. Like I thought he was fine in it. Uh, so <laughs> the yeah, *The Five Bloods* was trash. Um, so I saw it. I mean, JD, you saw what a fifth of it, an eighth of it. I watched probably fifteen minutes of it. I mean, and he was good. Like it seemed, you know, uh, the hard part was, is that I was watching it. Like I said, we had a train, and you're just watching it like, God damn it. He just looks, he looks sick and it, like takes me out of the, the movie. That's, he looked, that's he, tough. He looked really thin. He definitely looks damn. sick. You can definitely, you can definitely tell that something is going on. But I mean, he is such, he's a fantastic actor. What's the movie actually about? Give me 10 seconds. It's basically about an old black uh, black singer going and singing around, and he is playing in her band. And it's them going to Chicago to record something, and it's just the interactions between him, who he thinks he's going to grow up to be some big, great jazz player. I forget which instrument he plays. Some big, great guy. Mm-hmm. So it's about him like playing the piano and like being like, no, we got to get out of here and start our own band. Like, Let's record. Let's do it this way. Let's do it this way. Let's do it this way. And he's talking about how he's going to get out of – you know, the band and all this and all that. And it's her, she's Ma Rainey and it's her black bottom. It's like her band. And it's just about him, like being in the band and like trying to make it. Viola Davis is Ma Rainey. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. So I understand what you're saying though. It's hard for them both to win. Yeah. I I don't think it's possible. So I, I don't see Chadwick losing this almost just for the backlash they would receive. I agree. Yeah, can we give him an honorary one for like Black Panther instead, (laughs) and just just give it to him, you know, for his role in Avengers, and then we he's got to get some sort of like you would think he's going to get some sort of memoriam, not just the only, but like thought he might get like the lifetime achievement or something like that this year. Yeah, oh, that takes time though, right? You can't get it like immediately because you die, doesn't it? Isn't there like that's like what you achieved in your life? He's dead, bro. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Dude, his <laughs> wife his wife did the acceptance speech for the Golden Globe, and it was fantastic. It was like oh. one of the best speeches of the night. I'm going to cry. And he hasn't really done that much. Well, he just, I mean, it feels like in the last five, ten years is when he really came up, right? Dude, and I think that's a hard it. part. And that's a hard part. Is, uh, he was like a working actor for probably, what, 15 years? And then he had his big break. Yeah, he did a lot of television. And he got Marvel. Yep, and then he did Shit. Captain America Civil War, then he did Black Panther, and then he was Avengers Avengers. Yeah, he didn't do too much. Just kept grinding, finally made it, and then didn't make it past 45. Sir Anthony Hopkins, on the other hand, you know, 
story doing shit his whole life and he still came with his he still came with his a game it's like lebron he just won't die well (laughs) (laughs) you can't kill this motherfucker he's still trying to collect awards i don't think this one's it though yeah riz ahmed was really good too he was awesome damn i need to see that i need to see sound of metal I actually, right. I was gonna, I was gonna put him above Chadwick just in general before I saw Ant- Sir Anthony. I mean, Sir Anthony was so good though. But I think, and to be honest, man, this might be the strongest category. Mank, it is pretty good. Yeah, Mank, not great, but Gary Oldman was good in it. Like, he was, he's a good actor. And then Stephen Yuen, I assume when I watch it, I'll like it. This feels like a solid, uh, a solid best actor. Stephen Yuen was pretty good in Minari, kind of like low key. Then you actually think about it, it's like, oh. Just really He's solid. Pretty, pretty, yeah, just really solid. Like just Every like scene the with him is good. The movie. Yeah. Just a steadying force. All right. Anything else about these top four categories? I actually don't think I can recall any other actor or actress in Mank other than Gary Oldman. Oh, except the girl. There's that. There's uh, that. Amanda, yeah, Amanda Seyfried. That's Amanda yeah, Seyfried. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, But like literally other than that. Oh, no. And then um, the uh, – Phil Collins' daughter, who plays in Emily in Paris, is also oh Lily Collins. Okay, so I know I know some more people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's in it too. How'd you think about Anchor Mank, Eric? I've dude, I don't think I knew what I was watching, and <laughs> I just not not like tenant status, tenant status, but close. Where it was kind of like 20, 30 minutes in, I was like, damn, I think I should have just watched, you know, that other Citizen Kane beforehand. Cause it's like, you kind of got to know it a little bit yeah. or at least the history of it because otherwise it, they're like the movie assumes that you do because it is one of the greatest movies of all time. And yeah, if you don't, I, 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 I felt lost and I couldn't grasp onto anything, you know, like yeah. I, I, it was just like scenes. Like I wasn't getting the whole story behind it or the significance of it until at the end. And then you kind of get it, but it's just, you know, it's not, it wasn't as emotional for me. Yeah, if you don't really know who Orson Welles in Welles is when he comes into the picture, you're just kind of like, "Who's this guy?" Whereas if you have a little background, you're like, "Oh, this is the guy that makes the movie." Exactly. So I, I can. There's some name recognition there. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, overall, it was fairly uh, boring. The story in itself, when you read about it and you get like the minute synopsis after, is actually kind of interesting. Like, oh my god, this guy did help write it. He was basically a loser, and then he died, and he didn't get anything out of it, and he basically co-wrote the movie for Orson Welles, who went and. And that 90 second, well, more like 30 seconds with how fast I talk, you know, is more interesting than the entire movie that was like over two hours. Yeah. Which is like, I don't need any movies over two hours now. I'm, d- I'm done with those. All right. Actress in a supporting role. Uh, I don't even know who the favorite is here. Let me pull up the Bovada really fast. Best I think oh, it's, it's our Minari. girl. Duh. Okay. It's my girl. Good. Yeah. She should, she yeah, should win it. Yeah, we blew that. We did, dude. Eric Eric tipped that when she was like three to one, plus three hundred, plus three fifty. Wow. God, shame on us. That was that it's I mean, you, you guys will watch it and you'll understand, but it's 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 pretty impressive what she's able to do. You I know, could have paid I could have paid for the twenty dollar movie with that bet. That <laughs> <laughs> I just cheaped out on it. I hope she gives a good uh, a good stop Asian hate speech too. That'd be nice. Hmm. Really, really I'm bind, surprised really bind America together. I'm surprised because you guys didn't like Hillbilly Elegy either, did you? 
trash. No, that was probably the worst movie that I've turned on this year. It has a 26% on Rotten Tomatoes right now. It just really felt so dumbed down. Who directed it? Ron Howard? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, he's a simple man. It was just dumbed down, <laughs> like, and they took he's a nice guy, but they it's took, just like, like real struggle and like whitewashed checks. it. Yeah, it was oh so whitewashed. You kind of mailed that one in. Yep, did it for the paycheck. I don't need to see now, a memoir of some white kid that's twenty nine and went to Yale. I'm chill. And now and now he's running for senate, and he's like he's flipping on a lot of his principles and just being a total douche. Yeah, so he sucks. JDs, right. man, they're the worst. And it's so close to your name. Every time I look at the fucking book, I'm like, oh, JD, JD Vance. JD Vance first. JD, JD Vance. That's right. I'm always JD like, oh, what would JD Vancho's book be called? <laughs> Hillbilly, Hillbilly, Hillbilly eulogy. <laughs> All right. I just get caught up in Appalachia, but <laughs> get into the drugs and die. West Virginia. <laughs> I mean, there's, got, there's a lot of similarities here. Have you ever seen uh, JD Vance and JD Vancho in the same room? <laughs> All right, let's go to, I mean, best actor in a supporting role. We'll just say Daniel Kaluuya, the man. He's awesome. Oh, yeah. He's so good. Do we need to talk about anything else here? Well, I did think Leslie Odom Jr. gave a pretty damn good performance in One Night in Miami, too. Uh, and not even going to lie, if I Paul. anything about Sam Cooke, then I have no, I have no frame of reference, of like a comparison of like what Sam Cooke was like. As an artist? So for me, it's just like he was a good actor, but. Well, because you know you're comparing the guy who did Muhammad Ali. He was pretty good. Uh, Malcolm X, the guy looked like Malcolm X. He uh, did, he but he didn't. Good. But he didn't act like Malcolm X. That was the problem. They were all. They were all good. It was just a kind of boring movie. You just you just can't beat Denzel at being Malcolm X. That's, you, know, you can't. It's like it's like he's doing Denzel. Who's doing Malcolm? X. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a budget Denzel doing yeah. Malcolm X. That's what it is. My problem is, you know, these historical fictions. I get it. I, I can get behind some of them, but when it's all that dialogue, there's so much of it. I was like, it just needs to be a little bit shorter. What I'd rather have, to be honest, is a Sam Cooke movie because the way Sam Cooke died is fucking crazy. Crazy. Yeah. yeah. It, it's insane. You would tell me about that. Yeah, it was yeah. like in a hotel where he was like getting robbed. They still don't really know what happened. There's like some conspiracy that his manager ended up doing it because his family doesn't even have the masters to the recordings anymore. The shit's nuts. Go, go Wikipedia. Sam uh, it is a ride. Judas and the Black Messiah is another one kind of similar to Trial of the Chicago 7 where if it was in the hands of a great screenwriter and a great director like that had the makings of a fantastic movie. What were your biggest really problems with like, it? The way they portrayed Lakeith Stanfield's character like it was just I wasn't really sure like how we we're supposed to feel about him like was he just doing it to like get paid or like stay out of trouble like i don't know like his relationship with the fbi agent like just didn't make sense to me because they like tried to kind of endear him to the audience at, at some point but other times you're just like oh this guy's kind of just a douche and then at the end spoiler alert they're like oh yeah then we aired a documentary and this guy killed himself and you're just like oh well that's fucking drastic like he was not remorseful at all at any point of the movie in, in my opinion, JD, now that I think about it, if they didn't include that ending part, I don't know if I would have connected to him as much as I did. Or not connect to him, but felt for him as see, much I, as I did. And see, I didn't feel for him like at all throughout the entire movie. 
And maybe that's kind of on the performance, but I think Lakeith Stanfield's a pretty good actor. He's awesome. Um, so I kind of attributed it more to how he was written and how like the movie was shot. Because um, it know. also kind of felt like if you're going to tell it from the his point of view, from because Lakeith is essentially the, the, the main guy. Yeah, it's a movie yeah. about Fred Hampton, but it's told through the realm of him getting in trouble and having to infiltrate and all that kind of stuff. And yet we didn't, I didn't feel like the movie, I don't know, the, the movie used him as a vehicle, but almost didn't give him the right character or like space in the movie. So it felt a little disjointed where they're using him as the vehicle, but they're not going to dive into his character or why he's doing any of this or any of his home life or any of that stuff. It's just, yeah, this guy ended up screwing him over. So we're going to yeah. have him in it and we're, but we're going to use it to talk about Fred, but we're not going to go into that, all that other stuff. So I think that's actually part of the point because without the end, like he basically was just a pawn. And I think that he actually played that part pretty well where he's just, he has to disassociate himself with every decision that he makes because he doesn't really have a choice. Hmm. And then at the end, the only choice that he has that he can make is he kills himself. You know, like, I think that that's why that ending part is so critical, but it's weird in a way where they had to use that real footage, which doesn't require him to act to validate his acting. I guess it's a little weird, but yeah. kind of powerful in a way. I don't know. I see what you're saying. I mean, the, the, the J. Edgar Hoover part, like that, I could have used more, I could have used a movie where it was more centered around Fred Hampton and more centered around the FBI and like from J. Edgar Hoover and what they were doing to basically keep black voices down. Yeah. And then like the Lakeith Stanfield could have been like almost the surprise at the end where you find out that this guy's been yeah. you know, working undercover with the FBI. But like the main driving plot point is the behind the scenes stuff of the FBI of like, Oh, like we are not going to allow this person to like gain a following. They fucking murdered him. Man, that's interesting. I, I think Eric makes a good point too, though. I hadn't thought about it like that, where maybe he doesn't get any character because he didn't really have any. He could have just been maybe just yeah. roped in. You know, maybe he didn't have a whole point of it. Maybe he really just said, oh, you just want me to infiltrate, and he could, thought he could get out pretty easy, and maybe that's ended up how it got so bad because you'd like to think, man, I didn't feel bad for him at all. Maybe that's because he really didn't know what he was doing until he was in too deep. Huh. Interesting, yeah. Yeah. Interesting, interesting take, Eric. I like it. Still a very good movie. Daniel will obviously win. But does it then have a chance at best original screenplay, which is one of my favorite categories? But I think the one that's the favorite right now is Promising Young Woman, which I think we can all agree was a pretty uh, pretty drastic script. Pretty original. Pretty pretty, pretty original. Pretty original. <laughs> pretty original. Yeah. <laughs> I would say it's pretty original. I'm <laughs> um, just looking up the odds right now. Yes, yeah, so you got Promising Young Woman at minus 400, Trial of Chicago 7 at plus 275, Minari at plus 1200. Judas and the Black Messiah at plus 3,300, which you can't even really say anything about because it's not really original. I mean, it is because nobody's told the story, but it did happen, and they're just, you know, it's portraying, yeah. portraying real life. And then Sound of Metal, which I'm surprised Sound of Metal was nominated because it was good, but I don't know if it was the script that was that good. It was more the good acting. Yeah, it was more the acting and the sound editing. Uh, uh, I'll try Seven's going to win, huh? <laughs> they're gonna sweep man yeah <laughs> and they're gonna call you out for it 
<laughs> Fucking JD Vance over here. Do you ever see JD Vance or Vancho in the same room? <laughs> oh god, that'd be, I'm gonna be watching so hard for that now. Okay. Uh, is Minari worth a bet? Twelve to one. Eric. Mm, no. The problem is, you know what we need to do here next year? Hmm. We need to do the Oscar show just a little bit earlier. Yeah. Because a lot of the, the odds kind of get too solidified the week before. Yeah, and that's we, a good point. We should probably make a bigger point to see them all. Like, just another point. Like, yeah. yeah. Just, I mean, we're, we're so close to actually closing out most of the categories. I think you and I need to see, like, we need to see, like, three more each. So I think if we just bring it up earlier next year, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll be on our We can yeah. do that. We can definitely do that. Yeah, but like you said, where the odds don't get a... Because right now, we found one maybe that we would take, the adapted screenplay, uh, The Father, but most of this stuff is just, unless you're parlaying with a golfer, doesn't make any sense. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, But I do think original screenplay and adapted screenplay, if you're going to take shots, right now my long shots seem to be like best supporting actress, try to get Francis or Vanessa Kirby. Original screenplay would be a shot, not a huge one for me. I'd rather spend it on the plus 275 for The Father for adapted screenplay. Uh, animated I like feature. That. I like that. I'm hammering that. Uh, animated feature right is going to be Soul. We've all seen it. It's the only one we've seen. On to the next one. I do agree that I saw some article that was like, hey, you don't always have to give Pixar the win. And I agree with that. But this one was pretty good. Um, I didn't think Tina Fey needed to be the voice. It was like a black movie with black actors and black that, and Tina Fey is just the white girl in it. It's like, ah, why does... Why oh, does damn. Yeah, it's damn. Hey, what's Wolf Walkers? I don't know, but what a fucking name, huh? What a well-named yeah. movie. Like, way to do it. Way, way to pick a name. That's what they should have named Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, dude. <laughs> I would have absolutely watched it. I don't know, Eric, but I'm. Uh, if you watch it, let me know. I don't. Even, yeah, I don't even know what it's on. Oh, it might be on Apple Plus, and I ain't paid for that. Oh hell no! I think uh, it is on Apple Plus. That's where you draw your line. And then another category yeah. that I do like is the documentary category. I think it's pretty fun. Although this year, because that's where we've gotten like Icarus last year. God, Icarus is all yeah, time, bro. There's that always... Was like a one hit. Yeah, that was a good one. Because And then last year they had American Factory, which was pretty good, The Cave, and then Forsama, which is the one I liked, but it didn't win. So it's usually got some good ones. So I think the one that is the favorite, the big favorite, the minus 500, is the weird one. We got to talk about it. My Octopus Teacher. <laughs> Uh, which I've seen, JD has not seen, said it was too weird. And then Eric, I think you wrote, you've seen half of it or a fifth or an eighth. Oh, full, full dec- yeah, disclosure. I came in halfway through the movie and saw the ending half, which I think was enough to get a gist oh, of what Oh, absolutely. Was, but, I mean, there's yeah. three actors in the movie. It's Craig Foster, his son, and the octopus. <laughs> like those are the three main characters. No, in dude, well, movie. there's, well, there's another animal, but you know, oh. we won't. Spoiler. Well, there's a there's a few other animals. Uh, the movie is it's a good movie. Like it's really well done. It's impressive that he got all this footage because it's basically just about this guy hard on his luck, moves back. I think to New Zealand is where he's from or South Africa. I can't tell where it was shot, and I missed it in the beginning. But he lives on the water, and they basically have like a shallow tide, and he just goes out into the water. And he's like this videographer, but he's lost. And he's like, his, his, he says like he was stressed from his family. Like he moved back to like where he's originally from because his family was falling apart. 
he was too stressed from work, like all this shit was bad, going rad, bad. So then he moved back home to where he was from, and he just like would go out into the water every day, just scuba diving. And then he just kept scuba diving in the same place, and he was just immersed in it. He loved like this kelp forest, and he just would go there every single day. And over time, he just became friends <laughs> with an octopus, like friend, <laughs> and- like not like like friends dude like, like so the way he described it and it, it takes place over octopuses, like octopi do they octopi. all look the same like is it very apparent that it's the same it's very obvious it's the same one so it's very They're obvious like mark and they're antisocial. so when there's one in an area you don't really ever see another one and so they usually spread uh, out i didn't and, know that about octopuses yeah they they, they kind of and they all have right. this, is it octopi i think it's octopi it's octopi well that there's only that. ever one so they don't ever say another one uh, actually, spoiler, she mates. Anyway, uh, so, uh, and so there's only one in this area, but it, and it starts growing. But like, so at first he's like, just one, he scuba dives in the Atlantic with no wetsuit because he says, is he, is he scuba diving or is he snorkeling? He's snorkeling because he can't, snorkeling, ma- right? he says he can't maneuver the kelp forest with a scuba diving or a wetsuit. So he snorkels in the Atlantic that's right, that's right. and goes underwater for like four to five minutes at a time and is just mm-hmm. prowling around these rocks. And he just, I say he's friends with the octopus because literally at one point, the octopus is coming, comes out from under a rock, wraps like the tentacle around his hand. They have like this interaction. And then there's another time where the octopus like comes out from the under the rock, goes onto this guy's chest and they're basically like he's laying in the water and the octopus is just sitting on his chest and just like all the tentacles are going around and they're just like hanging out. And it's, he like pets it. He it's like, like really it. weird, man. It, like the suction is like playing with his finger. At one point he makes like a sudden movement and he thinks it's all fucked and she like goes away and leaves. He tracks her and finds her after like a week and a half and he finds her and then they like become friends again. Dude, it's drastic. And the crazy thing is that he got all this footage. At one point, she's attacked. Spoiler, I don't care. At one point, she's attacked by a shark. Yes. And the shark, shark gets a, tec- a tentacle and rips it off. And he doesn't help her. He's like, well, you don't want to, like, interfere with nature. So the, the shark how does, rips how it did off. The shark not a- yeah, how did the shark not attack him, too? That's that's what I was confused about that scene. But. So I think with the cameras, the sharks are a lot smaller than they appear. So it's more like um, reef sharks okay. and not like okay, not- great whites. They're probably okay. like half our body length, but like skinnier than your leg. Okay. How does he know it's a woman? So, well, be- J.D., be- you can probably figure that out, dude. Because at the end, she's the one that mates and has babies and dies. <laughs> Because that's what the octopus do. But he didn't know it was a woman in general. Before then, I don't think so. Uh, I, I don't, don't think know. Op- he probably tried to have. I mean, he probably tried to have sex with it. Uh, <laughs> but it's crazy. So he has because he's talking about how octopus have the cognitive abilities of basically of cats or dogs, and we just don't know that much about them because they live in the ocean, which is true. But that's why he yeah. thinks he was able to like get close. And so there's, oh my God, there's all these funny things that happen in the movie. One is he's like talking about this, like, yeah, so we have this connection. Tentacles are wrapped around my finger. But it's some, and he's so serious. He just looks right into the camera. But at some point, you have to breathe. And so then he's like swimming up. Oh my God. And then he's like, yeah. And then he I'm surprised. So, then he tracks the octopus. So then he says, and then you have to start thinking like an octopus. And like all of these are so serious. 
Uh, one, also, I never knew how lobster, like what a lobster looked like swimming because you eat the lobster tails, right? But the way lobsters swim is they use themselves and they use it as like a way to push themselves forward through the tail. Can you, guys, you guys know what I'm saying? Have you ever pictured a lobster swimming? I don't know what you're saying. So like they use, you can't, oh, my video on my computer's off. But the tail is I'll, like I'll scooping water forward. Like they're scooping, the tail is scooping forward. So they actually swim backwards. Shit's oh, nuts. I did yeah. not know that. Yeah. So it's like a, okay, yeah, it's like a propel. It's like a dolphin. Yeah, it's like grabbing no, but, at but the like, water. Yeah, 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 its yeah, tail. yeah. A dolphin, it, when it swims, well, I'm talking about like when a dolphin like gets out of the water and like kind of backs up, you yeah. know, in its head. It's like that. That's weird. Yeah. No. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, I know what you're talking about. Uh, and then there's a part at the end where the oh, octopus this octopus and a shark are fighting for oh my god it's like a five or ten minute scene and he got the whole thing and so at first it's like hiding under a rock then it finds it so it goes out the other side and it's shooting ink behind it and at one point the octopus is so scared it jumps out of the water onto a rock (laughs) yeah that was a crazy scene and then it jumps back in do you remember what he did after that after yes. he jumped back in he and jumped then he, on the shark well no then he takes all these rocks and he and he uses the suction to build an outer shell and My then bad, the, you're right. the shark finds him well this is the best part then the shark finds him he starts attacking him you can see the shark has like a latch on one of the rocks the guy has to go up to get air so he goes up to get air he comes back down and he goes i don't know how she did it but you come back down and the octopus is on top of the shark like riding it like a dog <laughs> it's like the most bizarre thing. You guys thing. have spoiled this movie for me. No, it's so it's it's basically planet Earth uh with one octopus. It's amazing. It's amazing. It is uh, in like 8K or something like that. It, like it's dude. it's it's in like high definition. The camera work is unbelievable. Um and it was bas- it's basically just like having a big ass planet Earth camera setup in one area, but I I think he didn't really have that many. I think he only had one or two. Um, but it took like a whole year of his life <laughs> by the end. He's like, eh, it was kind of a relief at the end because every day was me just spending time with this octopus. Uh, but he definitely cries. Uh, and it's definitely a little weird. Uh, but I just had, I just saw it today in preparation for this. I was like, I figured I'd watch the documentary feature. QJ, go watch it. Like it's, you seem pretty juiced on it. It was really fun. <laughs> it was like, Are I you was going to bet it. Are you going to bet it? Minus 500. Absolutely I feel like you should. Not. Abs- well, so then I watched the second one time just to see like maybe there'd be an upset here, but time wasn't that good. It was pretty boring, that, right? Yeah, it was boring. And it was like, it's, it's about, did it this make you woman. feel racist for saying it was boring? No, be, no, because it's it about, made me feel bad. no, because it's not about like prison or it's about one family and their dad getting out of prison after 20 years, except that the story and the way that they tell it is like, a honestly, it was like a money grab. It's like she came out of prison and she's like, you know what? I'm going to record everything and we're going to make a documentary about this. But there's nothing about like getting out of prison and he's not in it at all. So like we don't get his opinion on like the family. We just get interviews from her and like one of her sons. I did there's like the, very little that's interesting. Yeah. The, the one scene wow. that I thought was really good was the last scene where she's on the phone and she's trying to get him out of prison from the parole. And like everything is moving so slow. She calls the person and it's like, we're trying to get somebody out of prison. And it's, uh, you know, this person has to call one person and they're not even going to do it. Like those kind of scenes were really good. But there are like yeah. six minutes worth of those scenes. But no, I did not feel bad because I'd rather watch something like, give me like uh, 13, the documentary about prison. Give me that shit over this. This is just like. You mean the 13th Amendment? No. Yeah, whatever that documentary was. 
the one. Man, that's you right. just like you just like sea creatures now. <laughs> I'm just. <laughs> I just like octopus. I just live by the beach now. Uh, so yeah, I don't think I'll bet it, but it's it it'll win, in my opinion. And you guys, you watch Crimp? You watch Crip Cramp? And Netflix is free. No, Disability uh, Camp? Is that one good? I think Obama backed this, didn't he? What? The octopus one? No, the Crip Cramp. The Crip Cramp? Why, why can't I say it? Crip Camp. Crip, Crip Cramp. Camp. I think, I think Michelle, someone did. Someone did something. I think, the, I think the Obamas are it's involved like a, it. That's the one about the Disability Camp, right? Well, yeah, man, it's in it's know. it's in the freaking title, so yeah, it's probably about disability camp. Well, oh, man, well, no. I thought it was about the Crips, bro. On on on, no, on DraftKings Sportsbook, it just says Crip Camp, bro. Yeah. Oh, on the sheet here too. On, what is it? On, on Crip Camp, a disability revolution. Oh. <laughs> well, that's, that's the that official title. Yeah. Oh yeah. What no, do you no, think no. they got a camp? They just bring all the Crips to. I mean, so what? Could... Make them into bloods, dude? Like, what? <laughs> That's what, what I'm camp? saying. What, what, what <laughs> good thing could come out of that camp? And of course, oh, it's from Obama, and it's about fucking Crips. No, man. Uh, what's even worse is Bovada. It's Crip cramp, like a cramp in your leg. Oh, so they misspelled <laughs> it on Bovada. <laughs> so Bovada. <laughs> so can I bet that, and I'll get my money back if it loses? I'll be like, no, man. You said it was Crip cramp. Haven't you seen Crip cramp? It's so good. <laughs> Uh, oh, see, know, yeah, Crip Camp so I, is executive producers, Barack Obama and Michelle Obama. Man, you know what's crazy is that on this sheet, I printed out a ballot um, with Rotten Tomatoes scores next to each of them. Crip Cramp is one of like four movies on here with 100%. It's Crip, Crip, Camp. Crip Camp, My Octopus <laughs> Teacher, and then two international films are the only ones on this list that have 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. Cool. All right, I guess I got to watch Crip Camp. Cool. Are we uh, like so, the two-hour mark right now? Yeah, it's only been an hour, but we're getting to the end. <laughs> uh, documentary. Everybody go watch My Octopus Teacher. Make friends with Octopus. Uh, except and comment. The, except, the ocean is, comment on IG. except the ocean is scary. Sharks, sharks are the, scary. The ocean's so terrifying. It's so terrifying. Open water. Get the fuck out of here with that shit. Oh, thanks. Uh, international feature film. I haven't seen any of these. Moving on. Original score. Ooh, who's going to win that? Maybe the five bloods just for that gift that comes out where everyone no, jokes. It's gonna be. It it's gonna be. It's gonna be soul. <laughs> best original score and best song will both be score. Or soul. Sorry. Soul. Oh wait, soul. Soul will win original score, but they don't have a song. So which one will win best song? Ooh, in that there could be, there could be some value there. Oh yeah, that is interesting. Um, but I haven't seen any of the songs. I do think Sound of Metal feels like a lock to win best sound. Uh, for a movie that's about a deaf guy losing his hearing. I mean, I think that's obvious, but it's minus 3,000. This is one Heavy where fire. I... Uh, J.D., this is one where I wonder if... Well, they don't usually don't come out with best sound until very late, but I wonder if this is one that moved because Sound of Metal has been out forever, but... I'm sure. I bet it probably started at like minus 250 or something. Yeah, something deep. All right, makeup and hairstyling and costume design. We'll go through this quick. Usually it's the Bill same Billy. It's got to be... No Billy, baby. No, it's gonna be Nine to one. It's gonna be Ma Rainey's back bottom. Why? What Damn. was the makeup that was so good? I mean, the costume design is gonna be nineteen twenties. So it, to me, it's either gonna be Ma Rainey for nineteen twenties, uh, Chicago, just the blues, black style, or it'll be Emma, which was sixteen hundreds, like colonial. 
is basically the Jane Austen movie. Like, I feel like it's between those two. I didn't see Pinocchio, but Mank, makeup, no. Costume, no. I think Mank may be production design. But I don't know. Ma Rainey, they wore all those outfits, the 1920s. Like, the she had the skirt and the corset on. He had, like, the zoot suit bullshit. Zoot suit? Yeah. So I feel like those what did, ones. Uh, so what did Ma Rainey's Black Bottom have with makeup that was so good that it's minus 400? I think it was Viola. I think Viola's makeup in the movie because she was like the big star and so she had her shit done up the whole time would be my guess. Because how would none of these I mean I I look at all these and if it's just makeup and hairstyling like wouldn't it just be Pinocchio and his fucking nose? <laughs> like, <laughs> what other makeup is there? Like that's hey. a, I mean that's a good question that you're asking like what would be so special about this makeup? It's like none of these have orcs in them. Hillbilly Elegy 9 to 1. I, I'm just saying, like, but dude, for what reason? They make Glenn, they make uh, they Glenn make Close look really yeah. she ugly. She is really ugly. And then what's the other girl's Not name? Really ugly. Yeah, 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 you're right. Amy Adams. Amy Adams, man. She they like she was addicted to drugs. They made yeah. her look pretty addicted to drugs. I'm gonna bet Pinocchio. <laughs> for for old times' sake, JD. I'm, I'm nostalgia. Boom. It's in. I will say. You gotta get some bets in. Best film editing, Sound of Metal. Yeah, that one's going to be even money. Costume design and hair and makeup. And the BAFTA, both won by Ma Rainey. Uh, cinematography. Is that going to be No Man Land? Yes. What's the I thought that there? was the best part of the movie, honestly. I agree. Yeah, I feel that. Like, I feel that. And it doesn't take much to get me. It's just like, oh, put some landscapes out there of America. And it's like, <laughs> oh, that's pretty cool. Well, and- <laughs> like, oh, where is that? Like New Mexico? It's like, nah, it's South Dakota. It's like, oh, cool. Cool. Like if they, uh, what was the place they went to towards the end of the movie? Um, in Arizona? No, it was in like one of the Dakotas. The Badlands? Like where they were uh, working in the kitchen. Oh. Um, where was that? I don't know. I don't know where it was, but I, I know what the scene you're talking about. Like where his son comes out? Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. I just don't know where it was. I guess that's like a big kind of landmark. Hmm. I can't remember. Yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about now. That's where she went to the big house, right? Where they all live together? Yes. Uh, but and I look at the other movies in this, and I didn't see News of the World, but none of them were... Like, Trial of Chicago 7, we know is about the words. Judas and the Black Messiah is about the story and the acting, and Mank is just about... <laughs> Mank. I'm kind of surprised News of the World is in cinematography. I didn't really remember it being... I didn't even see it. Yeah, it was, I mean... It was, a, it, was a, it was an okay story, but I don't think cinematographer. I don't, I don't know. Who knows? Uh, where is production design on Bovada? Production design is going to be Mank. I don't know if they have it. I don't think so either. Film editing, sound of metal. Yeah, let's bet that. Visual effects. You think for be... best original song, you can watch them on their own and just pick the best song? Or do you have to have context? <laughs> just no context, just listen. You got to have the context, I would think. See, I was going to go the opposite, and I was going to I was gonna say no. I bet if you listen to all five, I bet, you, I bet you could pick out, without even looking at the odds, you could be like, that's the best song. Go and be like, okay, that's the favorite. I bet you could do that. Because some okay. of the songs are just better. I want to try to do that. Yeah, I want to hear that. <laughs> Uh, we should have had you do it before the pod. Anyway, yeah. all these all these things for next year. We're just getting into the swing of it. Make okay. it Yeah. Visual effects going to be Tenet. Move on. Oh, really? No, no, no. Uh, I don't know. 
The I Midnight just, Sky was when really I say good. when I say is gonna be. It's like that's just the favorite, or some yeah. it won uh, something else. Eric, uh, wait, you I mean, saw it was pretty cool effects. You saw the Midnight Sky. Yeah, I did good. see it. Yeah, I mean it's about space. Um, that's uh... oh wait, was that the? That the wasn't Clooney like George one. Clooney. Oh my god, that was so bad. Oh, I, the movie's bad, oh. but it's in space. Yeah. <laughs> so the movie was just so bad. You're like could Clooney. It, could it win? You best got better visual? things to do. Uh, honestly, I don't even remember it. All I remember is how bad it was. I'd be like, how did this George get roped into doing this? It's it, like, let me. Like, is it a favor for one of his wife's friends or something? <laughs> Probably. He had to do it as I mean, part of a Casamigos deal. He did have. Yeah. A beard. He had a beard and he's with a kid. They're like, hey, George, you can do this in three days in front of a green screen and we're going to pay you $40 million. <laughs> he's like, like right. fine. Uh, best documentary short. Are we betting Colette or. Oh, yeah, we're betting Colette. Okay. Uh, it's definitely uh, Colette, and it's definitely at Ireland. <laughs> it's just a, it's just a, it's just a GoPro in the corner for the past thirty years. Eleven to one. That seems nice. Yeah, and then the only so, I, I have seen two of the short film, the animated shorts. I watched Burrow first, Eric, which is pretty good. It's cute. Told like you, it. it's cute, dude. But then I watched. If anything happens, I love you. How could that not win? Did, it's did really good. Shit, um, I don't know if I've seen that one. It's really sad. <laughs> I oh. mean, think think about the title. If anything happens, I love you. <laughs> like that's that's might tell you all you need to know. Uh, but I would watch it. I mean, most of them are free online. Uh, if anything happens, I love you is actually on Netflix. It's twelve. Oh, minutes. it's on Netflix. Twelve minutes. Go watch it. God, gonna be sad. Yes, sir. Just looking at some of the fo- you know, sad. Looks sad. <laughs> oh man, have you guys ever seen the? animated movie grave of the Fly- fireflies no no i'm gonna be sad <laughs> uh, so it's like it's like a famous it's from like 1988 and i put it on because it was on hulu 100 percent round tomatoes oh uh yeah it's it's, it's super sad oh it looks grave like a the, grave of the like fireflies. A proto, it looks like a prototypical anime anime thing going Ooh, on here at, yeah. dude anime knows how to get into your feels you know, okay. Like the Japanese know. Story, like, after, like, our firebombing ca- campaign over Japan. Just oh, pretty oh good no. movie, though. Oh, good. no. All right. I'm going to put it on the list. Uh, I want to, guys, I think we need to continue. We need to make sure we continue our movie watching. You know, just because we're open, the summer's opening up doesn't mean we got to stop watching, uh, watching our movies. Who's watching baseball at night? Come on. Once NBA's over. That's fair. All right. Well, you, so, can, you can bet it, but you don't have to watch it. That's that's all. Yeah, yeah that's true. <laughs> all right. I mean, we, that was about all I had to go through for the movies. Um, we did have a list of movies that we could quickly shout out um, that weren't nominated for any Oscars or anything like that. Do you guys want to take a look at your lists? I'm trying to think of like movies that I saw. For another hour. Yeah, we could. And maybe we should sometime. We'll just talk about movies of the year. Might have to be able to do this every uh, like six months or so. I will say the one movie that I saw recently, and JD, I only bring this up because maybe you've seen it, that I thought was pretty good. Mm. Uh, <laughs> Harold and Maude. Old movie. Yeah, you ever seen that? Nope. Oh, man. I know Eric has it. Old movie, 1971. But it's about this kid, and he makes a friend, and it's just this 80-year-old woman who's like on the way out, 
but they're like really both quirky. It's like 90 minutes. It's a comedy. Go watch it. Okay. Man, you guys made fun of me for putting old movies in my list, and I delete them all, and then Justin just comes in with fucking Harry and Maude. <laughs> 1971, baby. It's like, is that even in color? <laughs> That's a good <laughs> question. All right, fine. You want to? You know what I watched the other day, Eric? A 2020 movie. Hmm. Bad Which Trip. One? I watched a Bad Trip. Oh, the, what'd you think? The what'd Eric you think? Andre. You know what? Yeah. I thought it was better done than Borat too. I thought because the way that they told a story and it was obvious which scenes they were trying to freak people out. And then at the end, you got their reactions of them knowing like, oh, I just got got. I thought it was I thought it was I thought it was enjoyable. Uh, you know, just get high and it's like 80 minutes like it's whatever. Uh, but I thought it was uh, I thought it was a fun ride. Um, who's the girl in that one? Um, dude, she's famous. The oh God, uh, the. Uh... Man, she's a comedian. Tiffany Haddish. Tiffany is she Haddish. back? Is she yes. back? Yes. I think she's back. She's back. What do you mean back? I don't Dude, know. Dude, because oh, oh man, do you guys do you guys not know like she basically had a live show and she bombed it. Like just completely bombed it and in the first like 5-10 minutes knew that she was going to bomb it and just proceeded to get drunk with the entire audience and it was just a completely bombed show and then she kind of went into like hiding for a little bit after that like maybe for like six months didn't do anything and she had to like really like bring back her reputation because it just did not look good and she just was like completely off the rails a little bit but i think she's dating common now oh, and shit. uh yeah and, and then i think you know she was actually pretty good in this movie and then she just won she just won an award right yeah for something yeah so, something else. A- but anyways i think she's back yeah i think she's i think back. she's back she was great she's in this back. movie she was just playing like this hardcore like the sister of one of the guys just kill kicking people's asses like she's hilarious Dude, the scene justin where she convinces the guy that the guy hung out with her brother and the guy's <laughs> like what are you talking and she's just like so good at convincing him and he's oh, just getting so, so mad oh you saw good. it dude did I you see the, the, gor- the gorilla scene like let's just, oh my god i JD, thought that was a little much just come back but then because they had the reaction scene to that after i thought it was great like they got, they showed all the people like, oh my God, you got me. Because in my mind, I was like, how are they believing this? But like in the moment, like they talked to them after, it's like, you could tell that some of them were like, how the fuck is this happening? I think that or the restaurant one where they're in and the old lady is like, you got to get that the fuck out of here. You got to get that one. So she's coming back. And then she comes back. They're that way. <laughs> and she's like, I, I ain't snitching. Like, <laughs> I'm not telling you shit. Like you're, you're in trouble. Oh my God. It's so good. It it's just, so it's really, good. it's authentic. I yeah. will say, like the reactions are are really authentic. I was afraid I was going to hate it, and I was pleasantly surprised by how much I chuckled and laughed at it. So I, I would recommend. Uh, Palm right. Springs. Palm Springs is on this list. Kleppert also recommended that. JD, I see you saw that. Palm Springs, great movie. Great, is it good. Uh, great I movie. thought it should have been nominated for best original screenplay. Really, it wasn't like. It wasn't like groundbreaking, but it was definitely a very creative twist on like a Groundhog's Day type situation. I agree with that. I agree with uh, that. Maybe I'll watch when that I said too. I was like, oh, that could be nominated for a best original. Like it'd be better. Eh. Sound of Metal was good. I don't know. Judas and the Black Messiah wasn't that good screenplay. I thought. Yeah, I put it in over the Trial of the Chicago Seven. <laughs> <laughs> the second fave. Uh, yeah, I can go through mine really, really quick. First Cow, really good movie on Hulu. 
it's about like early like settlers in kind of northern northwest like Oregon. Ooh. And these two guys figure out how to make like bake like a baked good using the one cow that's in the village and like sell it. And it's about friendship. It's cool. Okay. Greenland. Um, Eric, you saw that, right? Yeah, I did see that because you told me to watch it. End of the and world I, movie, fun shit. Everyone I actually enjoyed it. it. Everyone likes to wonder about what would happen if you know. It's just like, hey, big ass comets are coming to Earth. Uh, the way back. That's the uh, Ben Affleck movie, Basketball. Good yeah. basketball scenes, good acting. Social Dilemma, everyone kind of saw that doc- documentary. Pretty good. Palm Springs, yeah. We could <laughs> go on and on about these. And then Portrait of a Lady on Fire that won the Oscar 2012. Which I guess was, guess was old. I think it Did was it win the Oscar? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. And I think it was 2019. I'm looking it up right now. Eric, what, about, what, what would you recommend to our listeners? Well, I got a couple here, and uh, these are all Netflix. So Moxie I thought was pretty good. Um, it is written by Amy Poehler – or directed by Amy Poehler, excuse me. And it's about her young daughter kind of growing up, dealing with life. I thought that was pretty good. I care a lot. I saw um, that. I liked it because good twist. You end up rooting for someone who you probably shouldn't be rooting for. So I thought that was pretty cool. I thought it got a little excessive with like the violence, not really the violence, but like the action. But I guess maybe it's supposed to be part of that, but interesting concept too. Right. I think that, you know, I, I agree with you. Cause in the beginning you're like, I don't really want this fucking sucks. Like I'm going to be so angry. I don't like this. I don't like what's happening. And it just kept getting better and better. And I've, I kept laughing through it. And I just think it was, it was actually almost the script really, I thought was pretty good. Um, you know, it's not going to win Best Picture or anything like that, but it was funny. Rosamund was good in it. She's hot. Like, it, it was well done. And then Tyrion Lannister being the, the villain is, like, hilarious. Can, you know, you have to be careful with something like that because you don't want it to be a shtick because, you know, uh, he's a little guy. And you, you he's know, tiny. Just having him be the scary guy, like, there needs to be some, like, you need to be able to believe it. And then whoever his mom, the actor that was his mom. Um, oh, my gosh. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. Reminds but me I don't of know Judy Dench, but I know it's not her. Um that, that that relationship like that that ended up working out really well like you said a little bit over the top but it kind of just played into them almost understanding what kind of movie it was and not pretending it was something it wasn't um which i thought was really good um no so Rosen, I, she she scares me i don't know maybe it's just all the movies that i've seen like dude she her and gone girl like just oh she's she fucking can, around whew. dude that opened my eyes, and I was like, I think I'm going to have nightmares for, like, two months after this. <laughs> Whew. That's, that whole scene. She's yeah, I think you guys know the scene I'm talking about, right? Where, like, she's coming I actually haven't and she's, seen yeah. the movie, but I know what you're talking about. Oh, oh my God. It's a great uh, movie. It's a good yeah, movie. Maybe I'll watch yeah. that You know what? I'll watch it and I don't after read. the Oscars are over. I don't read, but I read that book. Oh, wow. And the movie, does a really, the movie does a really good job compared to the book. Wow. Um, That's awesome. Pretty good. Right. Two other uh, two other docs you need to watch on Netflix, so it's free because everyone has Netflix or they steal some ones. Fire in Paradise, 40 minutes. It is about the fires in Paradise, California. It is terrifying. I think we all watched it from afar, but it basically brings you in there and how they tried to rescue people, and it is messed up. That's pretty bad. Uh, American Murder. Love love yourself a good murder. You know, oh, Eric's big on that, those. That's my, my wheelhouse. 
But this one in particular, the way that it was shot is my favorite part. As I was telling these guys, which maybe is not as uh, as as rare as I think it is, but there's just no narrator, so it is just raw footage, and it's either coming from the news, police body cams, or police interviews. That's the entire doc, and they just show you from front to back on what happens. This is a pretty famous story, but um, it is just a completely weird take on human psychology. Like this guy's freaking crazy. Um, but that was, that was good too. Um, and the last one is, uh, on Hulu run, uh, great movie, Sarah Paulson, um, good twist at the end and, uh, just really thrilling. She's really scary. I don't know. Maybe I just watch all these movies and I get nightmares, but, uh, she's really scary in this movie in particular. And, uh, yeah, pretty dark, but good, good film. Good, good use of a couple hours. All right. I like that. Oh, man. Okay. Let's see. And then I think we covered them all. All right. Wow. Midsummer. Oh, wait. Wait, what was the last one you just talked about? Was that the one? Did we hit the last one? Um, well, oh, so I talked about Run. Um, I can talk about, so tell me who I am. It's a little older, 2018, but you want to watch a doc. Ooh. Oh, yeah. That was, that's that one. Okay. So you talked about Run, American Murder, Tell Me Who I Am. And then Midsummer was the last one. But people should know that one. I mean, I if you know, haven't do most seen people it, know about Midsummer? I don't know. I don't think a lot of people point. do. Yeah, it's like if you know it, you've seen it because you're so freaked out about it and you could never forget it. But I like, can never forget. I don't even know why scenes, we put it on. Dude. I think I think Lauren was like, "Hey, let, you were doing like a it was back when we were doing family zooms, you know." And Lauren was like, oh, "Let's, right. had, like, let's watch a scary yeah, like, let's watch a scary movie." And I was like, "Oh, I heard Midsummer is like really I heard scary, but I think what they meant to say was fucked up. Yeah, like like thriller. It wasn't like like mind thriller. Yeah, like psychological. Like this is a fucked up, not like, hey, this is Scream Seven, which is what I thought we were getting into. Oh my god! Like there's no there's no monster. It's just like no. Oh, this is this is really fucked up, and it gets worse. And it like there's a pinnacle fuck up moment where you really. I mean, I just sat back on the couch and was like. Man, what the fuck are we watching right now? <laughs> and like, <laughs> well, and uh, this movie's kind of got like a bunch of revenge in it too, because the guy that brings her mm-hmm, ends mm-hmm. up getting all fucked up, and she gets her uh, oh in a different way than in a promising young woman. So that movie's fucked up. I think it's a good watch though. Like, I mean, it's got it's interesting storytelling, and uh, <laughs> you know, I think I'd scare. It's more. cool. She really wants to. Wa- she's re- she really wants to watch it, and I'm like, I'm not watching it with you. Wait, which and one? Uh, Midsummer. Because she she wants to finish it now, right? Because she's like, dude, it's like on oh, most she didn't watch things. Finish it. Yeah, she didn't finish it, and she's like, well, I want to watch it. And I was like, well, I'm not watching with you, first of all, because yeah, I don't luck. need to see it again. And second, I was like, you need to be prepared for what you're about to see. And now she just gets super nervous, so I don't think she's ever gonna watch it. <laughs> oh, that's funny that I'm the one. I just I watched the whole thing, and you guys watch parts of it. That's pretty funny. All right. I think we're good on Oscar Pod as we come up on 90 minutes. My Lord. All right. <laughs> I didn't think we'd go that long, but we just start talking and the time just starts flying. And uh... So I think TLDR is that the trial of Chicago 7 is our pick to win everything. <laughs> it's probably the most celebrated movie of the last 20 years. It's going to sweep. <laughs> it's going to win categories it wasn't even nominated for on Sunday. And I got to go watch a movie about an octopus and some dude. <laughs> <laughs> 
Hey, don't worry if it's a Pornhub link. It goes straight to the octopus. I wish that I could hack your Netflix, JD, so when you click on my octopus teacher, it just starts the trial of Chicago 7. (laughs) Switch out the thumbnails. No matter what. Every movie you select. (laughs) It just goes straight dude from Aaron Sorkin talking about the trial of the Chicago 7 before playing the trial of the Chicago 7. It's a commentary version. And here is Eddie Redmayne's uh, casting audition. Yeah, you can tell he's British still, kind of. But he played I, Stephen uh... Hawking. Did you know that? <laughs> yeah, he was Ugh, a bad. That was a bad, bad choice. I don't like him. It's just his accent was like him trying so hard not to be British. It really put me off those Harry Potter yeah. sequel movies. You know. Yeah, what? Sure. <laughs> uh, he was the one that they got for uh, the fantastic... I don't know. I haven't watched any of them. It was a shitty Harry Potter joke. All right, cool. Well, Harry <laughs> Potter, this is a fun Oscars pod. I love the Oscars. Love the movies. Can't wait for Jerry's um, bracket, which I won two years ago. Hopefully, I'll be able to do it this year. We'll have, oh, to get wow. we'll have to get Eric in. I texted her today. She's still doing it. Yeah. Cool. All right, guys. Let's watch some more Enjoy movies. Yeah, enjoy the show. Hopefully, we'll be back. We'll do our, maybe we'll do our own little uh, six months uh, summer movies if we keep watching them, uh, because it's always fun to talk about the good movies. And hopefully, we're coming into like twelve months of like really fucking good movies coming out. Hopefully, but we'll see. Yeah. All right, everybody, thanks for listening. Peace. Get your vaccines. Yeah, get that shot. Yeah.